0: Martin, you and I both have opinions on this movie, so let's dive into it. Uh,
1: <laughs> Andrew, what the fuck did we just watch?
0: Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew.
1: Hi, I'm Martin.
0: And this is Media Analysis, the show that's going to have a better title next time that it happens. Uh, we just watched the worst movie I've seen in a long time. <laughs>
1: that we're going to do an episode on this for
0: so long. <laughs> it's been, like, months since we said that we would oh, do it. Oh, boy. And <laughs> Frank, well, in <laughs> good and bad news, the episode where we said that we were going to do this never released. So <laughs> we've, oh, yeah, we've never actually told our audience we're doing it. Uh, I need to edit that one, too, and put them both out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've been building up this movie, and I thought I was going to like it a lot more.
1: Me too. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so this is this is under the silver moon, a movie in which Andrew Garfield accidentally becomes immersed in immersive theater troupe and doesn't realize it. Um, he just acts out everything happening around him.
1: Andrew Garfield plays the guy of all time in this movie. <laughs>
0: I So, I, I was looking at some trivia after the movie, and his character's name is Sam, which you only know if you've read the script or paused the Amazon video player like I did. Apparently, he's never called anything in the movie. He's literally just a guy. Hmm. Interesting. Just playing Andrew Garfield. Actually, you know what? Not knowing that, it'd be safe to assume that this is just Andrew Garfield playing himself. <laughs> Yeah,
1: (laughs) just sort of wandering through some events.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Um.
1: (laughs) Alyssa described this movie as though every part of this movie is the middle. (laughs) 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 We finished watching it and she was like, you can't just make a movie... Where every part is the middle, it has to have an ending.
0: <laughs> uh, this is a movie so this is a movie so bad that it killed the guy that made It Follows' his career.
1: <laughs> it really did. I was trying to remember if that was the same guy.
0: Yep. Oh boy. <laughs> it's uh, David Robert Mitchell, who I always read the name of and think, is that the guy from like British talk shows? Uh, it's a different David Mitchell. Um, God, how do we even get into this? Um, I don't. Oh God. So I've got. I, I do have. Here's the thing with this movie. Um, it was pitched to me as a movie about a guy who's kind of wandering through an ARG. Um, which there are, you know, games where someone falls into a secret society beyond their means and has to follow clues and stuff to figure out what's up. This one's a little more explicit in that it is kind of like there are ciphers and codes and like puzzles that he solves along the way, which is why we covered it over something like, I don't know, the Adjustment Bureau, which is just like Matt Damon gets in over his head, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like we did when we covered National Treasure, I took notes on the ARG in question to cover the uh-huh. ARG. The problem is that the ARG starts an hour into the movie that the main yes. character actually sees. <laughs> this is a two-hour a 2 hour and 15-minute movie, uh, which is two and a 14 minutes too long. Um, but... It's also incredibly short, goes nowhere, and then it just goes to other things. Mm -hmm. So, we'll cover the ARG when we get there in our coverage, but I was expecting it to be a much arguier film, which is why we covered it in the first place.
1: Well, there's also, like, codes in the film that aren't, like, acknowledged, that are just there for the audience.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about this. I... I So I saw you linked in our chat that there are people that have, like, started kind of decoding those, and they don't seem to be going anywhere major. So I feel like those were just kind of put in there to give the movie an Argy feel and to make it seem like there's puzzles around him, literally.
1: Yeah, they, like, they kind of lead to coordinates that don't really go anywhere basically it's like a long string of codes that like lead to some coordinates
0: i know that, so the main character in this movie we should probably do like a plot summary at some point but it doesn't really matter um <laughs> but but at one point he does like go on a rant about like feeling like maybe there is there are codes all around us for people who you know, for other people to find. Like, what if there's secrets hidden in media that like if you know what you're looking for, you can follow them and find something deeper. Um and in this scene where he's giving this monologue, he is rightly portrayed as a crazy man. Um it doesn't help that he's sitting in a bath of tomato juice after a skunk sprays him. Um but like he goes on this unhinged rant to which Licky, Ricky Lindholm looks back at him and is just like, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Um. So to me, like all of those codes that were around felt more like set dressing of like, there's literally codes around this guy. There literally are these messages that he is mm-hmm. seeing and ignoring or not even seeing or seeing and not comprehending, which to him is worse. However you want to read that.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes sense to me.
0: And it is very weird that they're there and entirely uncommented on.
1: I agree. <laughs> but also
0: don't mean anything to the audience. So <laughs> uh, Yeah,
1: it's it's a weird one. <laughs>
0: this is this is a very weird movie. We've I don't know that we've given away any spoilers so far, but uh there's no way to talk about this in a way that doesn't give away what this movie is about um, and normally I would say, so watch the movie before listening to this. Um, but frankly, I don't think you need to watch this one. I I think you can skip this one. Uh, it's like, I don't know. This feels like every movie that came out, like, fi- God, I was about to say 15 years ago. And then I was about to say when I was in high school. And then I realized that those are the same thing. Um mm-hmm that hurt to realize that mid-sentence um but this feels like every like indie dude movie that came out around that time about a guy who was aimless except this one has like a puzzly coat of paint on it and a conspiracy involved and i think that the main character murders dogs so that's where this movie is coming from if you saw the movie about ted mosby trying to be a teacher. You've seen this movie. Like, they're all the same indie film.
1: Yeah, this one just has incomprehensible puzzles in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh (laughs) Uh, I have the Wikipedia page pulled open for this movie. Um, so should we just go through the plot summary and go from there and talk about what we thought of this film? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Uh... I will start off, uh, Sam is an aimless 33-year-old in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, interested in conspiracy theories and hidden messages in popular culture, and uninterested in paying his overdue rent. I I feel like saying interested in conspiracy theories and hidden media and pop culture is really underselling it, but you get it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the public is warned to beware the dog killer who's murdering pets. Sam meets his new neighbor, Sarah, who, despite having caught him spying on her, invites him over. The two get high and watch How to a Millionaire, but when her roommates interrupt as they begin to kiss, Sarah suggests Sam leaves and they hang out the next day. The next day, Sam discovers that Sarah and her roommates have moved out overnight, and he becomes obsessed with learning what happened. He notices a strange symbol painted on, his apart- on her apartment's wall, and he trails a woman from the apartment to a series of elite Hardywood parties, encountering a pop band Jesus and the Brides of Dracula and a performance artist working for a prostitution ring of struggling artists. All seems connected, but Sam struggles to find any meaningful pattern. Uh, I don't think we need to go this in-depth through the whole movie, but basically this guy starts going to elite Hollywood parties... Uh, and then he learns that a billionaire who is based on Richard Branson, basically, um, he this guy was reported missing near the beginning of the movie, and then he learns that uh, this guy, uh, his car was found on fire, he burned to death alongside three women with him, and he sees that the hat that Sarah was wearing at the, was at the scene, and a small dog similar to hers was found dead at the scene, so... Um, he's pretty sure that she's dead the rest of the movie is basically sam trying to track down what happened to this girl and along the way he finds a bunch of clues embedded in um the band's music as well as uh i mean that's about it that's kind of the only clue that he really finds huh he just kinda follows things and people talk at him and say that he doesn't understand anything that's going on and he finds out it's a secret billionaire plot bent on letting bored billionaires die in a tomb with women around them Yep. (laughs) and then he goes home and gets evicted and he's like well I can't even watch music anymore or listen to music anymore um Because of a couple of scenes that we will get to. Uh, But yeah. Also, there's a serial killer and or cryptid wandering around killing people in an owl mask that is entirely unrelated to the pet killer. That's just a thing that happens in this movie. Yep. (laughs) At one point, Sam points a gun at it and it goes, and then runs away. That's the last we see of it. Yeah,
1: the owl lady.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, um, there's our overly brief plot synopsis. Um, God, how do you even talk about this movie?
1: Well, it wasn't great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie, it's a weird, like, I guess there's two parts of this movie. There is the opening part of the movie is a very, it's, it's like the first hour of this movie is just Sam kind of wandering around, asking a couple people if they know this girl. He's kind of following people, um, and he sees them doing what I would describe as, like, the behavior of someone that doesn't understand an ARG watching someone playing an ARG behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They are embedded in a, a secret conspiracy, but, like, from the outside perspective, it looks like that. He follows these girls who, like, make they they um grab a bag from this abandoned apartment and they drive out and they go by like a stop sign and then as he's watching them and trailing them like a scoreboard off in the distance at the local high school pops up three numbers and that apparently means mm-hmm. something to them and so they like go from there to a marina and rent a paddle boat and like take it across a bay and Deliver the bag to a guy that looks suspiciously like a pirate, who was the, who was the on Sarah's are couch like, the, ne- the day before.
1: The numbers are apparently like the address of the marina. Okay. According to
0: the internet, I mean, I guess that checks out. But like, I don't. I feel like there's easier ways to say go to a marina than just like yeah. <laughs> showing three numbers. So then from there, Sam is like, well, I'm going to try and like, he follows them to a party and they, one of them kicks him in the nuts and leaves when he asks about Sarah. And then uh, from there, it's just him kind of trying to figure out how to find more of these parties. I guess he has a friend that was at one of them. Um, He wants to learn more about the musician. He wants to learn more about the people around Um, He goes to a concert the next night uh, where he learns a little bit, but nothing really, nothing really of substance. That's kind of the movie is Sam goes to a scene and kind of learns something, but not much of substance. And then the scene ends Um, with him being sad and having to go somewhere else. Or we see a naked woman. It's one of the two. Sometimes both, but like there's a lot of nudity and. This movie's weirdly horny for a movie about an ARG.
1: It, yep, <laughs> it sure is.
0: Um, Yeah, Uh, and so, oh, from there, he meets a guy that is writing a zine called Under the Silver Lake. That in hindsight, I'm not really sure how ties into the plot overall. He's just a weird paranoid dude that has a cereal box.
1: Yeah, it like tr- vaguely tries to explain like the motivations behind the dog killer, and then it sets up the owl lady. But that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, it's it sets up basically this. This zine is like, I bet I know what's up with this. Uh, the dog killer. There was this old actor who was who killed dogs because he was upset. I guess by dog actors getting more roles than he did, I think was the story. Um, and so he took it out on dogs around him. And then Sam is like, I got to meet the guy writing this. He sounds great. And so he like sets up a meeting between him and the the author who starts telling him all of these conspiracy theories that he believes in. And everything's connected. Media's lying to you. Everything you'll ever hear from a conspiracy theorist in a movie. Except he shows him like a secret bunker thing that he has. Like a tiny room with CCTVs. And he has like a cereal box that has a map inside that is like a to scale map of like Silver Lake to West Hollywood, like that area of LA that they live in. And he says, that's the key to everything. He's sure of it. Sam's like, all right, whatever guy, uh, you're <laughs> the weird dude from lost. I'm not sure that I believe you. Um, and then they kind of go on with it later. He, he, He gets killed by an owl serial killer. So nothing really comes from him.
1: (sighs) So much of this movie is like people tell Andrew Garfield information and then you never see them again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of that. Um, It's a lot of Sam meets a woman who's really interested in sleeping with him somehow, even though the movie stresses on multiple points. He smells like shit because a skunk sprayed him. Um, everyone that meets him says, you smell like shit. I'd love to fuck you. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm out of touch. I don't even think Andrew Garfield smelling fine is super attractive. Maybe he's just not my type, but like... <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird.
1: Yeah. Um. Jimmy Simpson shows up for like two scenes and I liked him. So I was like, oh...
0: Cool. Yeah, that was really weird. I did not expect. It's whenever I watch a movie like this, I was just like, "Oh, weird!" an actors in it. I don't know why it surprises me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he pops up, and I was just like, "Oh, you the the guy from uh, the guy from Always Sunny, um, who has a name, and I've seen him in other things, but I can never think of him as anything but that uh, one of the one of the the Poils is that their name? I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I know him mostly from Westworld, which I really like him. in. Yes, that but was yeah. He's also in Always Sunny. That was
0: the that's the one where I watch and also like, oh, you're in this. You you can do other <laughs> he's, things.
1: He's like really good at it too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so along the way, Sam, this is there's like one bit of this that's kind of interesting to me, uh, but I think it falls apart when you think about it for a minute. Um, but he. Here's the ARG. I took notes. Uh, You ready for me to tell you about the ARG of Behind the Silver Lake?
1: (laughs) Please do.
0: So, Sam discovers that a band called Jesus and the Brides of Dracula uh, has a cipher embedded in one of their songs. He realizes that the number of letters in each word of the lyrics to their song, uh, something about teeth, I don't remember the name of it, but something about teeth. Um, the number of letters in each word of them, he pulls out and makes uh, like a number cipher from, and then looking at the back of that, that song's single record, um, he, you know, like it's like three, three, five, eight, whatever. He looks at the back and goes, all right, let's look at this paragraph of like the description letter. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five takes those letters out and it spells rub Dean's head and wait under Newton. From there, Mm -hmm. he discovers that he needs to go to the observatory in LA, which is the big observatory that was in rebel without a cause because they have a statue of James Dean's head in front of it. And so he goes and he rubs the statue of James Dean's head. And then he goes over and he sits under a statue of Isaac Newton Mm hmm. Then, the homeless king comes and puts a blindfold yes. over his eyes and leads him to an underground tunnel system. Yes. I did say that this man is named the homeless king, is how he describes himself in this movie. Mm hmm. <laughs> From there, he finds a room with like Egyptian hieroglyphics over the door and goes inside and there's like it looks like an unfurnished studio apartment that's about to get set up there's like a bed in plastic wrap and some stuff in plastic and like or like maybe even a film set where it's like it has to be built yet um he says it looks like a bomb shelter but you know it looks like just like a an unfinished room basically um and from there, he climbs up some tunnels and ends up in the back room at a grocery store. Those are all of the puzzles and solutions in the Under the Silver Lake ARG. For now. Yep. <laughs> because we need to spend more time with Sam, watching him go to parties and talk cryptically with people. Um, he he calls Jimmy Smiths, and he's like, hey, I need you to take me to a party. Uh, I need to talk to, like... I need to talk to Jesus uh, from this band. And he goes, okay, let me take you to this, uh, let me take you to this chess party that the guy apparently throws. And luckily every character in the movie was invited to this party. And <laughs> so uh, he goes and when, so <laughs> Jesus goes to the bathroom at one point and uh, Sam pulls him off the toilet and and we get a weirdly long shot just looking at Jesus's shit, just in the toilet, just kind of focusing yep. <laughs> on it. Um, mm-hmm. As Sam is interrogating him and questioning him. And he's like, "Uh, you know, where the fuck did you put a code in this song? What the fuck does any of that mean? Uh, why is this happening? What's going on? Uh, Jesus is like, I don't know. I didn't write that one. Uh, some Anonymous songwriter wrote that one. I couldn't tell you that who wrote that one. And Sam discovers that like basically any song of this band that was actually like a hit uh, was written by some anonymous songwriter. Uh, none of them were their actual music. And so he remembers that um, one of the people who uh, def- just definitely wanted to sleep with him real bad uh, mentioned to him that she went to a party at a songwriter's recently where they had this whole neighbor like a whole gated community used for this party just to like wander and have fun and basically just like rich people immersive theater exhibits i guess yeah i i i don't know what to call like three-fourths of the things that are in this movie because they're technically called parties but like Everyone involved in them is just kind of, like, pretending they should be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, he goes and finds her again. He's like, hey, can you lead me to that neighborhood? And I want to figure out what's up. And she shows him where that neighborhood was. And I guess he goes in and finds the biggest house around. Um... And that house belongs to uh, the songwriter, is all that they call him in the movie. Uh, in my notes, I have, Sam completely breaks kayfabe and goes behind the game to meet the game creator and commits the single worst act of game jacking I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> so, um, this scene was, I had actually seen this like as an isolated clip before I watched the rest of this movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just, like, in a video essay or something, or, like, an article that I was reading. Gotcha. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I'm really interested to watch the rest of the movie that this is from. (laughs)
0: This is the one cool scene.
1: Yeah, it's literally the one cool scene in the
0: movie. (laughs) Yeah, Google uh, Under the Silver Lake songwriter scene. Um, So... Yeah, uh basically he meets with this songwriter who spends the entire time that they're talking playing a medley of songs on his piano that is like implied to be songs he has written with the with the purpose of spreading this message and sending out these codes and doing this thing. Um mm-hmm. and it includes like it includes just like a a bunch of popular music uh, Backstreet Boys are in there, Um, a bunch of hits from like the 80s, Um, just music from all over. At one point while they're talking, he says that he wrote Ode to Joy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which like, and this dude has like, so much makeup and prosthetic on this actor's face that he looks very uncanny, uh, almost to the point that he looks like the dude from I Think You Should Leave.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like a, like a younger actor. I mean, not like younger, probably like 30s or 40s, but like in, in just like an incredibly gross amount of prosthetics.
0: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> this whole movie wants to be surreal. This is the only scene that like really hits surreal for me, because it's like, yeah. this is a fake person who is talking to you as if he is like ageless and timeless And, like, does not stop playing this medley of songs as he's talking to you. And explaining that, like, every hit song that's ever existed, he wrote. Mm -hmm. And all of them were about spreading his codes to other wealthy people. And he basically goes in and, he like, the thing that he's taunting Sam with is, like, Any song you've ever taken solace in or felt comfort from or heard and thought I wish I was a creative person doesn't matter because they're not for you. They are all for the purpose of me and my people spreading our message to each other and sending our codes and like doing all of that. We control the songs that are happening. You all can't break in. It doesn't ever actually matter. All this is, is just a way of us furthering our own power into the future. Come and sit down.
2: Here. Yeah. Is that... Is that Kirk Cobain's Fender Mustang guitar? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I don't remember. I have so many things. Can I pick it up? Um, I don't always worry what the message is. I just pass it along. I slip it between the notes, hide it away from people that know it's there. You're saying you've done this before? Codes? I wrote the music your dad grew up to. Half of what you sang along to as a kid, and I'm still doing it. These teenagers are dancing to my music. I want it that way. Tell me why. You're telling me there's... hidden messages in old pop songs? Movies, television shows, everything you know. Why? That's pop culture, isn't it? Floats away like tissue paper. Yeah, I blow my nose. I find a used Kleenex, I recycle it, and there is your wedding song. Here it comes. I want to know what love is. <laughs> and I want you to show me. What are the tunnels for? Is there going to be a war? Oh, hell, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a living, earn a few dollars. Which, on one hand,
0: is very cool. And on the other hand, is also like, damn, this screenwriter just found out that corporations are behind pop music. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a bit of that that's just kind of like, no shit, buddy. Like, <laughs> um,. <laughs> Sam doesn't like this, though. So he grabs Kurt Cobain's guitar, uh, which Smells Like Teen Spirit was included in that thing. And uh, Mm -hmm. Sam's a big fan of Kurt Cobain. And he's very mad to hear that the rebellious spirit of Smells Like Teen Spirit is actually fake and just part of the man. Um, And so he takes the guitar and just smashes this dude in the face. And... In a scene that went on a lot longer than I expected, just absolutely craters this dude's head. I like
1: I like the extended shot where you could tell it's like a paper mache dummy that they like put a
0: bunch of fake blood in. Uh-huh. Yeah, it like they cut back to it fairly often, just to be like, this motherfucker's dead, he's empty inside, and uh, his face is cratered.
1: Yeah, but it's, like, very obviously, like, a papier-mâché head. hmm
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I also love, right before that, the guy, like, pulls a gun and starts shooting at Sam. Oh, yeah! And it's a revolver, so great. he gets off six shots, and then he's out of ammo. So he puts the gun down, and then reaches back under his desk and pulls out another gun. And <laughs> having a character pull out a second gun is one of the funniest things you can make a character do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that also
1: just like just like the faces that Andrew Garfield makes in that whole scene were like cracking me up the entire time. <laughs> Cause like half the time it's just like this guy monologuing, and then they cut back to Andrew Garfield and he's like seething with rage.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Just the facial journey that he goes on in this scene was so funny.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know. I I feel like one of my problems with this movie is that it can't really, it doesn't really ever commit to saying anything much more than like, rich people have power. Yeah, And so because of that, there's just a lot of scenes where it's like a character's like, let me let you in on something. Rich people in Hollywood have power. <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to be like, whoa. But it's just like, yeah, no shit. Like, on some level, this is the most bad thing you could think that they could be doing with their money and influence. Like, the the conspiracy that this movie puts forward is that, like, old rich people are like, you know what? I'm bored, and because of that, I'm ready to just, like, ascend to a new plane of life. I'm ready to just, like, shut myself into a tomb embedded in concrete under the earth and, like, live out my last final days in a luxurious orgy until we die and ascend to another plane of existence is how it's pitched. Mm -hmm. And frankly... That is the least harmful way that I think a billionaire can spend their money moving forward. If Jeff Bezos yeah. decided that starting tomorrow, that was what he was going to do with his life, <laughs> the world would be a better place. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and they also kind of put forward that like they're leaving these clues in like Nintendo Power magazines to like find mm-hmm. the underground bunkers which is like what?
0: That's the other thing that is weird to me cuz like Sam finds Sam finds the code and he learns the secret which is to go, you know, rub the head and sit under Isaac Newton and then the homeless king comes. And Why does the homeless king let him into the bunker? Because clearly the guy's looking at him and he's like, well, you don't belong here.
1: Yeah. Like At this
0: point, it should be like either the guy says, ah, he unraveled the code. He must be part of our secret society and is like smart and good like the rest of us. Or who the fuck is this kid? Someone must have gotten through the cracks. I better not show him the bunker. Like I feel like those are it's, the two options here, right?
1: It's so weird. So,
0: so after that dope scene, uh, it, it goes back to just like it, yeah, it goes back being the movie that it was exactly. Um, Sam goes back now. He has a gun because he stole it from the songwriter, the second gun, and then uh. That's when he finds out that his his writer friend uh, supposedly killed himself. He watches the footage back and he sees that uh, it was a basically a cryptid that is a naked woman with a taxidermied owl head for a face who or like mask who apparently comes into men's home late at night, seduces them and then kills them. This is the creepy poster that has been spread around by this author, I guess. And it turns out he got killed by the Owl lady. And yep, Sam watches that on his old CCTV footage and it's like, oh shit,, uh, this thing must be real. And then I guess he goes home that night and gets like encounters it, but he scares it away with a gun. It's really creepy and very unnerving and a very cool. Element of this movie that doesn't amount to anything.
1: Yeah, and I like got excited. I, I like got excited when the owl lady showed up, and I was like, oh, that was nothing. All right.
0: Yeah, and it was just like, <laughs> just really wasted in this movie. Cause it's, you kind of get this feeling where it's like, oh, like, is this, is this an actual like cryptid? Is this a, like, uh, like, or is this just like, the world's weirdest hitman that this conspiracy has on hand, like it it kinda becomes like there it raises questions that the movie just does not care about not even doesn't care about answering, but just like doesn't care about questioning. Yep. <laughs> and it's a shame, because it's like I'm saying provocative imagery, which I realize means one thing about a naked woman, but like you know what I mean. Like it's imagery that's, like, spooky and cool and neat to see on film. And they just waste it.
1: Yeah, it's like, cool, but what what does it have to do with the rest of your movie? You're just, like, showing me images.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Uh, from there, Sam goes to another Hollywood party and meets uh, fake Jeff Bezos' daughter and... Uh, I'm trying to remember what happens from here. Um. Oh, she. Like they start talking and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what happened to like your dad because I think my friend was in the car and she was like, cool. I'm also trying to figure out what happened to my dad. Let's go somewhere else and talk about this. And so they start to, they leave and. We've we've talked about this a little bit Um. But like, in the beginning of the movie, one of the big things that's set up is that there's like a dog killer running around LA right now. and yeah, <laughs> in one of the first scenes of the movie, um, Sam like comes across, so he he's Sarah, this the girl that he's like wanting to find is a girl that he met he met once uh, after like spying on her at the pool, and he knows she has a dog. And one day he's walking home and he sees her dog outside and he just kind of pulls a dog treat out of his pocket and gives it to the dog. And I was like, why does this guy have a dog treat? Oh, this dude must be the dog killer. Our main character's got to be killing these dogs, right?
1: Yeah, they like incredibly imply that he is and then they just never make good on that implication like either way
0: really. Yeah, and then to to jump back to like now in the movie, they as he's walking with um this this other woman, she's they walk past like like a vigil to missing dogs basically. Uh like a a a, a fence that is just plastered with like not wanted posters, but like uh, uh, lost posters, like missing posters for dogs, mm-hmm. and she kind of makes a comment about it, and she was like, "I don't know." They 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 have some kind of conversation where, uh, she goes like, she says like, "Well, you know, a person if a person's willing to kill a dog, they're probably willing to kill a person," and Sam's like, "Well, I'm not sure about that," uh, and I'm just like, "What are you trying to say?" Because a I really think you're the dog killer now, because you're kind of getting defensive about the dog killer. Uh, B, you did just murder a man, Um, or at least the symbol of pop music. I'm not entirely sure what we want to call the songwriter at this point, but uh, you do have blood on your hands. So, like, that isn't dogs, so you have no room to talk here. But it was just... And then he gets into, a, he, he, he argues with a homeless man and then just randomly turns and is like, I fucking hate the homeless and goes on and on. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I already didn't like this protagonist. I didn't need an anti-homeless rant an hour and 45 minutes into this movie.
1: Yeah, that was a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes Andrew Garfield just is saying shit in this movie.
0: He just says shit. I don't know. And it's like, you're one day from getting evicted yourself. So like, I don't know, maybe calm down, buddy. Um, but yeah, and then she, they go skinny dipping in a reservoir. Cause she's like, I think I'm being followed. So I'm going to pretend that like we're having sex and not talking about my dad's mysterious disappearance. Um, and she gives him a bracelet that. Her dad had that was similar to one that Sarah had when uh, he saw her earlier. Uh, But then she gets shot dead and Andrew Garfield swims away. And then we see like a very long shot of him running to his apartment naked, uh, which is a very fun shot.
1: He's naked so much in this movie. He gets so naked. Just so much. You see Andrew Garfield's ass, like, so
0: much in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's there's an argument that, like, this movie is entirely in Sam's head as he's just delusional. Yeah. And I think that, like, mm-hmm. the biggest argument for that is that, like, the most important things in this movie conspiracy are the music that he likes and the nintendo power that he collects yeah like oh shocker you just had to be like a guy born in the 90s who likes magazines still to like solve this riddle very complex good secret society we (laughs) have going on okay i wrote this one down too because i figured this is I don't know how you even frame this in ARG terms, but this is he stumbles upon a similar ARG created by the ARG creators that's unrelated to the other ARG that he's tried to solve. I think that's the metaphorical (laughs) through line. Uh, But I have uh, Sam finds another clue, which is a map marking for a Zelda map that's disguised as a chess move. On the bracelet, it says Mm -hmm. like G6 to H8 which is a move that a knight can move in chess. And he realizes that the other thing on the bracelet is, uh, NPM one 35 through 37 or something like that, which he realizes is Nintendo power issue. Number one. If you go to that page, it's a fold out map of the legend of Zelda on the NES. They had the full game map, on there and he transposes a chessboard onto the grid of that map and then marks out what that move would be. But then he realizes that the secret is the map that the conspiracy guy gave him earlier in the movie. He folds the map out and it's the perfectly the same size as the Nintendo power map. And he realizes that, um, it's saying to go from one spot to another. Uh, from, from somewhere to Mount Hollywood. Uh, he goes to check that place in Google Maps and it looks like a satellite image isn't available. Um, so he goes, all right, time to go and find the spot that this is going to. Which, I don't know why Nintendo Power is needed for this puzzle, Because I assume that every member of this cult gets their own secret serial map, right? I guess. So I don't know why you need to go to Nintendo Power Magazine to go from there to the serial map. But you know what? Here we are. (laughs) From there, he goes to this place and finds um, some old guy who we never get an introduction to. Who's there with... Three, The three women who were in the car that, like, cleaned out the old apartment, went to the stop sign, got the paddle boat, and dropped off the bag. They're apparently the mm-hmm. next three people for this, I don't know, ritual. I don't even know what you would call this.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's... it.
0: <laughs> basically... It's just... It's
1: just very bizarre. The
0: plot of this movie is basically all of these these rich old dudes are just, like, uh, burying themselves alive alongside, like, three young women who are there to be, like... I feel like saying sex slaves is too strong because they all seem like they're super into the idea and, like, very cool with it. But, like, I don't know, concubines like ancient kings have. I guess, is what they're going for. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, I guess. I guess. And they're being, like, buried... Saying buried alive also makes it sound a lot more violent than it is, because they're, like, living in the height of luxury in this, like, nice tomb until they die and ascend, is what they're told happens. I don't know how seriously we're supposed to take that because this movie isn't super spiritual, but also there's a owl cryptid. So who knows? Um, But yeah, he stumbles upon these people who are all just like, yeah, we're just getting ready to get ascended. You know, we're just hanging out, having a good time, uh, (laughs) drinking some like hallucinogenic tea and just really living and having a good time. Um, He's very confused And they're like, do you want to call and talk to Sarah? Which is a weird thing that they have a phone that you can call into these bunkers.
1: Yeah, that was very weird. And it does video conferencing. in
0: multiple rooms. They've got a webcam set up. So you can take a Zoom call in the bedroom while someone else (laughs) is on their Zoom call in the living room, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yep. But so he calls down into the tomb that Sarah's already locked into with Richard Branson and two other people who were like in her apartment at the beginning of the movie and uh, she's like hey uh, you're Sam right like you're the guy that I met right before I went down here and he's like yeah And she goes okay I don't really know you so why are you here Uh, which is (laughs) my favorite thing to hit uh, a protagonist who's gone through like such weird lengths for a girl with is just like, why the fuck did you do that? I I, I love it. Yeah. It's It's. Spo- spo- <laughs> that part was spoiler good. Spoiler alert for a another 15-year-old John Green book, but like it's basically Paper Towns, or, except like instead of being like a confused teenager, this dude's like 30 and just like a shitty dude. Mm-hmm. But she's like,
1: yeah, I, I did really like that part where she's like, why? Like, are you mad at me?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, she's like, yeah, like, what's what's up? You angry at me? Are you? She's like, am I making the right choice? And he's like, I don't fucking know. And then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go. And so he hangs up and they're like, well, OK. She didn't. Yeah. She was, she was cool with this. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it turns out that the tea that they drank all together was laced with, like, a drug to knock everyone out, because the group of four is being taken down into their bunker, and uh, so Sam's lying there, like, kind of paralyzed, and he sees, here comes the homeless king again, who's like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. The fuck are you doing here? Um, and then he wakes up chained up in the homeless King's home, I guess, which feels weird to say that string of words. Um, and the guy's like, Hey, why the fuck do you have dog biscuits in your pocket? And I said, because he's the fucking dog stabber. Like he's the fucking dog killer. This dude fucking sucks. And Andrew Garfield says, Oh, it's because I had an ex who. I always hoped I would meet up with her again and I could feed her dog treats like old times. And the guy's like, "Okay, fair enough. I guess you're not the dog killer, so I'm not mad at you anymore, and I'll let you go." And at this point I was like, "How much fucking longer can this movie be?"
1: Yeah. And I was like, "I I truly thought it was going to end with like the video covers call scene." And I was like, "Wait, there's like
0: still movie left. What's happening?" Uh-huh. Um, and so The movie ends when Sam goes home and hooks up with another person who is his uh, neighbor from like an apartment building over or something or like down along the way who he is always spying on uh, as she like is just topless around her balcony. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go hook up with her. And then as he's there on her balcony Um, he looks over as like his landlord and a police officer walk into his apartment and start like his eviction process which has been threatened the entire movie and Sam's just like okay and that's the movie and that's the movie (laughs) so This dude definitely stabs it- <laughs> dogs, right?
1: Yeah. When it cut to credits, Alyssa was like, "You just—you have to write an ending for your movie. You can't just do that."
0: <laughs> there are some things where I'm just like, I see what you think you're doing here. I can see what you might think you're trying to do, but like, it's really not landing, and like, it really doesn't work.
1: Hey, also, I would like to talk about. The part where he sees, like, a woman eating a guy's intestines, and the guy, like, splits in half, and, like, the two halves just, like, slide off screen, and that's never mentioned
0: again. Yeah, he has, like, a couple dream sequences that are just, like... I don't know, they're dream sequence surreal. They're not really surreal scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it's yeah, one of them is just, like, him uncovering who he thinks is Sarah eating, a, eating who I assume is the billionaire's body. In front of a dog that is killed by someone, I'm gonna say him. Um, yeah, it's, there's a couple of like dream sequences, which is, it's weird because they're ambiguously dream sequences, and the rest of the movie is surreal, but not in a question that what is happening is actually happening way. It's, it's not like we're trying to like, question whether or not these scenes are actually happening it's just that like we're gonna do a bunch of surreal scenes but we know that these happened and we know that these didn't happen and it's pretty cut and dry about that unless none of it happened (laughs) because it's all in sam's head because it's an ancient conspiracy that wrote ode to joy and is solved by nintendo power (laughs) yeah Oh, this movie yeah i i (laughs) this movie
1: i don't there's so
0: much (laughs) it's a lot it's it's a whole lot um i i googled i started googling the movie uh when i was done watching it and one of the first things that popped up was like i don't know you type in you type it in and it says ending explained because that's how the internet is now um but someone said, en- ending explained Reddit. And I was like, oh, I definitely want to see how Reddit interpreted this movie. Um, Yes, please.
1: The subreddit for this movie is insane.
0: <laughs> I saw a lot of people that were just like, this is my favorite movie. I put it on in the background while I'm doing other shit. Uh, this movie's great and so meaningful. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, are you all okay? Probably not, because yep. you're pretty actively on Reddit, but like... I don't know if you're if you're involved in under the Silver Lake Reddit like you can make better choices. The Digimon card game's really good. I promise <laughs> you it's a way better way to spend your time.
1: Yeah, this like this movie has like a really dedicated subreddit that is like we're going to decode all the mysteries of this movie and like solve all the all the clues and like find the deeper meaning and it's like great you've you you solved like the six ciphers that the director put into this movie as like easter eggs
0: yeah like there's
1: (laughs) nothing else i promise not
0: even the east not even the director the set designer got bored and was like you know what i'll put morse code on a chalkboard done that that's that's the extent of it and and that, I don't know, it's weird because that almost takes away from the movie because it's not like, the main character talks about seeing, like, or not even, he doesn't even talk about seeing messages and stuff. He's just like, what if there were weird codes and messages and stuff? We're told that things mean one thing, but what if that's like only for us and there's more for other people in these things? And it's like. Well, you're already blatantly ignoring the codes that are in front of you. Like, there, there, there is stuff that you're actively not seeing, but it's not even hidden. I don't know. I feel like that takes away from his entire, like, idea and motivation. I don't know.
1: I don't know either. Man, this movie... <laughs> About three quarters of the way through this movie, Elizabeth like, turned to me and was like, we can never watch this movie again. I was like, yep.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, yeah, I'm good to not watch this one again.
1: (laughs) I never have to watch this movie again in my life. (laughs) I I am good.
0: Yeah, the movie, like, made two million dollars total. With a yeah box office of two million dollars, budget had to have been a lot more than that. I'm sure. I don't know. I'm sure that Andrew Garfield costs more than that. Topher Grace is randomly in the movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, Alyssa. Also, I was trying to remember the other thing she said that I thought was funny. She described the songwriter as as the John dies at the end villain.
0: A hundred percent. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> god absolutely i didn't i didn't think about that but you're absolutely right i couldn't i couldn't not look at him and just think like i got too much fucking shit on me like he yeah. he looks like he looks like that i think you should leave sketch god i don't know worst part of and i don't know worst thing this the worst sin this movie commits is wasting ricky lynn because she's incredible and she's just like yeah. The boring girlfriend in this movie. And it's like, Jesus Christ. How are you dating Ricky yeah, again, Lindholm again. and squandering <laughs> her? Because she's great.
1: Yeah, again, there are like so many good actors who show up for one scene, like tell Andrew Garfield a piece of information, and are like, well, bye. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> that was my only contribution to this movie.
0: <laughs> I just... This guy... My experience with this movie is that there is a guy that walks up to, uh, just walks up to him at one point, and he looks for all intents and purposes like he's homeless and he's wearing a crown. And Andrew Garfield says, who are you? And he says, I'm the homeless king. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm done.
1: Um, When we started recording this episode, I... I had like in a in a different like Discord chat, I, I just wrote under the silver like what the fuck was that? And a bunch of my friends have now been reading the plot synopsis on Wikipedia.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And I keep getting messages that are like I just keep reading and it doesn't make sense the more I read. Mm-hmm. This sounds like they just pulled twists
0: out of a hat. I'm I'm gonna put I will put the songwriter scene in the show notes. But honestly, if you've watched that scene, you've seen like the best of this movie. Yeah, and everything else <laughs> the- is just kind of horny garbage.
1: Yeah. Oh, the the band in it is played by Silver Sun Pickups, which is fun. Oh, really?
0: Yep. Huh. Silver Sun Pickups is a way better uh, a way better band name than Jesus and the Brides of Dracula.
1: Silver Sun Pickups is good. I like them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But again, like, they show up for two scenes. I was like, great.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in one of them, we just see a a literal pile of shit for an extended shot. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. I I don't think I have anything else to say about Under the Silver Lake. Other than, again, it's (laughs) bad. Don't watch it.
1: Yeah. If you've listened to this podcast, you do not have to watch the movie. I promise. Uh Uh-huh. Also, there, also, there are like so many unnamed women characters in this movie who only show up for like two scenes that I started to get them mixed up.
0: Hmm. No, it's like, uh, are you, um, short-haired boob lady or are you long-haired boob lady? Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, it's it's and it's like I don't know. Like literally, every actress in this movie is a hooker. So it's like. I don't know. It's just like, is this really all you see like Hollywood as is just like, oh yeah, rich people get to pay to have sex with as many women as they want. Here we go. Can't be an actress without being a hooker. And it's like, I feel like you're trying to say something about Hollywood, but I think that you're just like truly dropping the ball here.
1: Yeah. And it, it literally got to the point where like one of the the actresses would show up and Alyssa was like, which one is that? I was like, I have no fucking, fucking idea.
0: Yeah. It. Yeah. Mm hmm. <sighs>
1: uh um i'm looking at my list and you got any good movies i realized so yeah here's the thing i realized that um we never watched the other documentary by the jejun institute people
0: i didn't know there was another one
1: and it's free on yeah in bright axiom and it's free on amazon right now um i just looked it up because i i had been putting off us watching it because there was like literally nowhere to get it online um but it's now free on amazon so we can watch that because to tell you the truth the whole time i was watching this movie i was like i wish i was watching the Jujut institute documentary
3: (laughs) i missed that one
0: (laughs) there's yeah i i part of watching (laughs) a bad arg play out is that i'm like i wish i was doing this for real but like better
1: yeah literally like th- throughout like the middle of this movie I was like oh man this is just like dispatches from elsewhere but like really shitty
0: <laughs> yes 100% <laughs> I I did yeah I was like man Sam came in and she was like so what's this about and I was like I don't know we're 40 minutes in and I don't know a girl's missing this guy met her once <laughs> So,
1: yeah, we can watch uh, In Bright Axiom, which is about the, um, it's like, it's the same kind of deal where it's like a fictional, semi-fictional, um, documentary, but it's about, like, the, the ARG that they did after the Shishun Institute that failed pretty badly. Okay.
0: That, that sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've just like read articles about that ARG, but I would be interested to watch the documentary.
0: Okay. Yeah, then let's let's yeah. do that for next time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and the good news is uh, it sounds like we're done and we've only put an hour and four minutes into this, which means that we have saved you over half of the length of <laughs> Under the Silver Moon. Oh
1: my god, it's so fucking it's long. It's the
0: longest movie I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> we finished the we finished like the scene with the songwriter, and again, I was like, that's it, right? That's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I looked it, I was like, there are forty like almost forty-five minutes left in this movie. I need to like pause it and take
0: a break. Yeah, you missed the parts with the tombs. You haven't learned about the billionaire tombs. Where god. billionaires have the secret plot of dying.
1: <laughs> this movie feels like five movies, and none of them are good.
0: <laughs> oh boy! On that note, thank you so much for listening to <laughs> Medi Arg Analysis, uh, the show that we promise is going to have a better title next time, and the show that we promise is going to have a next time. So, <laughs> on that note, good night, everyone.